You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Doc, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards Nagel, and Taylor Polindo. So, real talk how to deal with the people that test your boundaries. Um, AKA Meredith and Taylor are going to be quiet all episode and the talk doc is going to speak. And Oh my goodness. Well, I think we just learned from what we just talked our last episode that this is what we said to be wary of, and this is who we are. We can be boundary testers for sure. Yeah. So this episode is about, what happens when you put a boundary out there and they don't observe it or they are turbulent around it, resistant? You know, I like my favorite saying, which is people don't like going from no rules to new rules. Yes. But I really just have to question, does anyone love receiving boundaries? I would challenge that. I I like when sometimes people tell me what they need. I was Mm going to say. Yes. It's good to communicate your needs. We were just talking about how... It's not bad. Some people can be more busy than others. I know when I first started dating Tommy, he would say, you put all the other things on the calendar that you love to do, and that's fine. But he would say, but I need you to put me on the calendar sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know that by not doing that, that it it was just something he needed. You know, I didn't see that. So now I've learned as I'm usually like you, Taylor, I think we're the people that add to the calendar of things to do out of enjoyment. Yes, but just it's a lot. Yeah. I've learned to also put days that just say, don't schedule anything. We're doing something together. Mm -hmm. And that helps break up the feeling from one partner that feels like, well, I I need that one-on-one time to keep energizing for the other things. Mm -hmm. Now I won't be quiet because I'm bad at the rest of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we're talking about boundaries and we're reflecting on episode 23. And that's how we're maintaining these boundaries. That's right. right. So how do you maintain it when you get resistance Mm -hmm. or outright denial? Some people will approach our boundaries and say, I don't want to do it that way. I can't remember if I've told you about this, if I've already talked about this, but I asked something of someone and they just completely ignored it. And I asked again, they completely ignored it. Hmm. And um, can you tell us this real example or more vaguely? (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so stupid. It was... Um, <laughs> I like it a little more now that you said that. <laughs> okay, I'll just say it. I'll just say it. He or sometimes listens. we will see how great of a supporter he is. My brother was throwing balls at me. And I was holding uh, my niece, a baby. And he like threw a ball. And I thought it was a mistake. That he would cl- throw something so close to an infant. And he did it again. And I was like, don't throw a ball at me. And then he kept doing it like a lot. And in my head, he's ignoring what I've asked, which is rude and disrespectful in my home and da, 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 all these things. Yeah. And he, in his head, because we talked about it later, I'm too rigid. And I scolded him in front of his girlfriend. That's what mm. it comes down to, right? Okay. So, so we know which brother it is now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Unless your other brother has a girlfriend, but I think that would be, oh, that'd be a different problem. <laughs> but um, it got out of hand. Ralph stepped in and said, hey, you can't talk to my wife like that in her home. Mm-hmm. And he was going to 
leave. He was going to leave the family event. And I just thought it was so silly. I was like, what? I don't understand. How did it like, come to that? Yeah. I was like, I just don't throw the ball when I, at me. I don't want you to throw the ball at me. And especially right. when I'm holding the baby. But regardless, if I said no, then just please respect that. I don't know. Yeah. So we had to talk about it after and it came down to not correcting him in front of people. He didn't appreciate that. And you didn't and appreciate I, holding a baby and having a ball thrown at you repeatedly. Yeah. And I teaching my kid at all times. So yeah. everything is a lesson. So when I say something to you, I'm really saying it to him also. Mm -hmm. If he sees you throw a ball at my face, then he's going to throw a ball at my face. And I mm -hmm. need him not to do that. Good point. So I do feel like in mother mode all the time. And now I can't even remember why we went down this tangent. Well, we were talking about people that people, don't yeah. listen to our boundaries. Yeah. And don't respect them. So ultimately we got to his why, I guess. But on one hand, I was kind of like, I don't care why. If I say, mm. please don't do something to me, you should listen to that. Well, I think that's how we landed on episode 23, that you can have a why, but it doesn't mean it works for me. Yeah. Well, I actually think I handled it well. Usually, if you unpack somebody's why, a lot of times it's rooted in self-interest, I would say. So I don't want to look bad is the why. Right. And that, yeah. And that was his why. Because you think. can say, I don't want to be controlled or I don't want you to do that in front of that person. But really, it's I don't want to look bad. Okay. And maybe my why was just, I don't want someone to not do what I say. Your why was safety for the infant. I mean, I like to think so. I think it was a yeah, regular lesson. why, which is I'm yeah. holding a baby. That doesn't make any sense. You yeah. throw a ball at me. Or even if you didn't have a baby, I would say my toddler's watching somebody throw something at my face this yeah. moment that I need that to be. I can tell that he's paying attention and I need that to not be a thing. That's okay. But so, I don't think you have to justify it. I don't okay. think you have to justify why you don't want to have a ball thrown at you. If you don't want a ball thrown at you, you have every right to say, don't throw balls at me. Okay. I was right. That's right. I'm glad. I'm glad we talked about this. You're I right about right. everything. He Taylor. was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so we of wrong. I'm in the sea of right. And the, and the podcast goes to like 85 countries or something now. So I would say we're building, we're building up your rightness pretty nicely here. <laughs> All around the world, people are agreeing with you, Taylor. Thank you. All but around it the was, world. It was really nice to be able to talk about it and, and cut through some layers of what I felt like was some resentment that he had towards me. And so mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want you to just leave the house right now. You're going to miss this mm -hmm. huge like, family day that is supposed to be like a good thing. Fun. Yeah. Um, so it did. I like, I just thought about you ladies so much. I'm like, God damn, I'm, I'm on this podcast. We're supposed to be learning. Like, why is it all going to shit right now? Like, I don't understand. I thought I was clear. I thought I said what I needed, mm. but it didn't. It, I did not, it was not received well at all. Mm -hmm. I and think too, that the other way to talk about it post incident is to remember to focus on the fact that you want to keep the relationship. Yeah. So emphasizing to your brother, if it's really your brother, <laughs> that you want to have a good relationship with him going forward. And that's why it matters. Yes, that's true. So it's so he can stay in your life. He can stay at your party. He can be in your family events. That's why. Yeah. And if he continually did that, then he would be casting a vote for not wanting to be in your life. 
right? With each ball that he would throw, it's casting a vote for, Interesting. I'm not trying to be in your life. And this isn't about me controlling him because I feel like that's what he feels like. Well, I think people that don't like our boundaries like to say that. Okay. I, I'm not hearing you're trying to control a person. Not in that in instance. Example. You might not, do it in other ways. Yeah, maybe, but not there. I think this is something we could talk about as women. There are some times when we say no and people just don't respect it. And I think we have to stick up for ourselves and say the no's that need to be said. Why, why is it so hard to stick up for ourselves? I think we're not rewarded in society for it. I think we sometimes have to feel like we have to justify our boundaries. We sometimes feel like we have to explain it and maybe I even totally get approval. Feel that. I totally you know, feel that. Like, so you, is that you okay said, with you that I have that boundary? Yeah, but that's that not your boundaries you? worth is not dictated by their reaction. I feel that though. Like, I'm like, oh, that's yeah. what I need. Does that work for you? <laughs> yeah. And so that's then it's cool. I can adjust a little bit. But <laughs> so now it's a negotiation, which it shouldn't be. Yeah. And that's, right. I think, the thing that is hard. And what would be also hard, Taylor, is this is your brother. So you've had sibling relationship. Yeah. And with a sibling relationship, lines that are crossed because of the sibling part of it. Yeah. And it's not, doesn't have the fragility because it's a non voluntary relationship. So it's a relationship you just inherited. Mm-hmm. What do you do with someone? You have someone that you've expressed, hey, I have this boundary where I don't want you to talk poorly about this other person to me. Ooh. So like, I need, I need you to not yeah. talk poorly That's about a great one. Somebody yeah. I like me. that. You're saying, can it be a boundary? Can that can be one, right? Yeah, totally. Okay, so I have that. Yeah, or it's like, I I need you to not like talk nasty about that person to me because you're in that and you're in relationship with that other person too, right? I guess not that it matters. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and sometimes the person struggles with wanting to talk poorly about the other Mm -hmm. person. So then that makes us feel like we need to yell and repeat our boundaries. Or we don't say anything and let it build up and then have a, a big event, emotional reaction. But we're saying, I'm sick of it. That's yeah. I that's me. And I, I don't like that. Cause when I come to the point, it's like I let it, I let it happen because I'm like, well, they need to get this off their chest. So then is it a boundary or not? I, time will go by and then I'll have this big emotional outburst over one thing mm-hmm. that is said about the person. Like for some reason that one thing triggered me more than the others. It's just been built up in me. And, and, and you're I just at the end of your rope. And this happens a lot with people are trying to be nice. Yeah. So I'm, people will say, I'm trying to be nice and not nitpick you all the time. And you keep doing this thing that I specifically mm-hmm. asked you not to do. And so I'm going to let it go, let it go, let it go. And you can almost think of it as like a glass and you're mm-hmm. adding two ounces each time you tolerate it until it mm-hmm. spills over into that emotional reaction. I feel I've lied to them by being kind, quote, being nice mm-hmm. and allowing that when really I just need to, it's it's like all of this goes back to stating what you need, mm-hmm. like knowing what I need. But deciding though too, because I think if you aren't really truly sure about this being a boundary, you're going to have enormous difficulties instituting it. So you're either allowing it or you're not. But if it keeps coming up in me, right? Isn't that part of it? It keeps the tension is always within me when I hear it. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is you haven't clearly made the decision. I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. This is a boundary. If you're not sure, or you're a little bit wishy-washy on it, you telegraph that to the other person that they can get away with it some of the time. And that's, that's true of me. I think I do that. I think I'm not a hundred percent sure. Is that a, Mm -hmm. am I 
okay with this person sharing their frustration make signals to yeah that person. I, yeah because so there's you, some holes in the fence yeah you uh-huh. could say you know i can see this is really important to you have you talked to your therapist about this have you talked to your friend about this have you talked to uh-huh. your sister your brother your mother whoever or you could say hey i can't hear this about this person i gotta go is that like how you manage that boundary I think you say, we're not saying, I'm not saying you can't say those things. They just yeah. don't work for me. Yeah. Cause I, I, I think what they feel is real. I don't have issue with even what's being said as much as it's just becoming hard for me to hear it. You have to decide whether you really mean it or not. Cause if you yeah. don't indicate that clearly, or you say, well, this time I'll let it go. And then next time I'll let it go. And you keep kind of semi allowing it. You're allowing it. Yeah. So my I'm feeling upfront that my tension was is with somebody testing my boundary, but now what I'm learning is because I don't think I'm really as clear as I need to be, then that's confusing people and thinking that it's making space for things outside of my boundary. But I don't I, I need to find out outside of this moment right now mm-hmm. to have a conversation with myself, like what is it that I really need in that yeah. atmosphere? And decide, am I allowing it? Am I not allowing it? Don't lay down a boundary if you're allowing it some of the time. Some of the time's a tough boundary because it's not really clear. Hmm. All right. So let's jump back to what we heard in episode 23. Have you ever left an interaction with someone and wondered, why am I still in a relationship with this person? Why do I continue to feel bad every time I speak with this person? Why do I put up with this? I know I felt that way. Sometimes we let people into our lives who are emotionally expensive. You know, just draining. For me, there's nothing more draining than someone who doesn't respect my boundaries. It causes all sorts of problems. We've all heard it. If you aren't setting boundaries, you're inviting trouble. You're teaching people to walk all over you. In my experience, the more someone tries to please people, the more there is a struggle with boundaries. Sure, the motives are good, But in trying to keep the peace, somehow the peace is never created. I've heard people pleasers say, I'm afraid to set boundaries because I think people will think I'm rude or harsh. Or they'll think I'm inconsiderate or selfish. Or maybe they'll think I'm self-centered. Typically, people pleasers don't like to say no to people. They go silent or just go along. But sadly, these attempts to be nice get turned around. And when you and I don't say no... We allow people to say and do things that aren't right for us. So in an attempt to help the person or the relationship, it does just the opposite. It hurts both of us. Because if you're constantly giving in to someone else's demands, you're essentially living their life, not yours. So how do we bring ourselves back to health? How do we get back to saying no? Well, first, let's get some clarity about boundary stress. There's no way to outrun boundary stress. It's inevitable in relationships. And the more you interact with people, the more we see that stress comes with the territory. But if stress is inevitable, the question becomes, do you want a little stress now by setting a boundary or a lot of stress later when someone violates it? Sure, setting a proactive boundary can be stressful, but the real stress comes when we are reactive, when we have to manage someone who doesn't respect our boundaries because they don't know my boundary or they don't adhere to it. That's the bigger stress. So how do we manage the people who resist our boundaries? In our last episode, we identified LaPerla's formula for creating a boundary. 
She advises us to create, state, and maintain. We've also stated that sometimes we'll get a negative reaction to our boundaries. And that's the focus of this conversation today. Remember the saying, if someone throws a fit because you're setting a boundary, it's just more evidence that the boundary is needed. Very simply, boundary management problems show up sometimes because we've failed to do the work in some way. Sometimes our boundary management problems come from people having trouble creating boundaries in the first place. So if you're someone who doesn't know what boundaries you want in your life, it's probably time to get some. The fact that you don't know what your boundaries are is what feeds the boundary management problem. Perhaps you've been thinking that boundaries are mean or rude or that you don't want to be like that. But the truth is that not having boundaries is rude and mean. The people who test our boundaries tend to rush in and take over when there are no boundaries. So consider doing the work to create more boundaries. One of the ways to identify areas where you need boundaries is to look for the turbulence. This will give you a clue about what areas are important to you. Sometimes it comes down to articulating your boundaries. Be sure to let other people know what they are. Don't assume that people will just be as nice as you are. They won't. If you don't state your boundaries clearly to others, you open yourself up to people taking advantage of you. Now remember, you don't have to yell your boundaries, but you do need to articulate them for others. Keep in mind that boundaries are put in place to keep people in our lives. If you think about it this way, then boundaries are for managing the relationship you want and hope to keep, not a relationship you plan to lose. Now, remember that maintaining the boundary is a crucial area. So stick to your boundaries. We don't want to signal, even accidentally, that we don't mean our boundaries. We just state our boundaries and we stick to them. But remember, you don't have to justify or explain your boundaries either. But be on guard for someone who wishes to talk you out of your boundary. Don't let them. Remember, the other party's reaction is simply their reaction. It doesn't invalidate your boundary, and it doesn't determine your worth. Think about it. People don't like hearing that the world changed from having no rules to having new rules. Since we know some people won't like our boundaries, let's talk about some strategies. Now, the first strategy is to understand the why. Now, this is different from what we talked about in our last episode. Last episode, we talked about understanding your why as the reason for the boundary. Now it's time to understand the other party's why for resisting your boundary. So do some thinking about this. For example, if you determine that the other person doesn't understand how to treat people, that's why they're resisting, rather than assuming that they will figure it out, you will need to specifically articulate how you expect to be treated. Make your expectations obvious. Or if the other person complains about the boundary being mean, address this myth directly by describing to the other party that the boundary is in place to promote connection. It isn't mean. The second strategy is to plan your response and your non-response. So rehearse non-dramatic responses. Practice having a neutral response to the boundary resistor. Plan in advance what you want to say regarding the boundary. And stay firm in your resolve. This might be an explanation that you provide to promote clarity, but remember it isn't a justification, nor is it a negotiation. Now, sometimes people get angry about our boundaries. And if someone gets angry about your boundary, plan a non-angry response. The key is to refocus the conversation on what you need, not how they should behave. The third strategy is to evaluate reducing exposure to the situation or the person. Now, even though the focus of this podcast is about improving relationships that we want to keep, There are some relationships in our lives or situations in our lives that need to be reduced or ended. 
Evaluating our relationships and exposure to certain situations or people is important and should be done in advance rather than as a reaction in the moment. Again, this requires some reflection on your part. The last strategy is for the relationships we want to keep, and that is to focus on the future of your relationship. Discuss how you want the future relationship to go because you want it to continue. You're setting a boundary so that you can have a future. Setting a boundary so you can have a future. Yep. I mean. So I'm thinking about your situation we were talking about before the clip, and that was about talking negatively about some other third party. Mm -hmm. And I think you could say it in that way and say, I want our relationship to be positive and highly connected. And it doesn't do that for us when you make those comments. That's really true. I really feel like Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You and words just really good at it. <laughs> what? The talk doc? She knows her words. Who would have thought? The words, but. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. Goodness. It's because I don't have Chardonnay yet. I'm malfunctioning. Clock. <laughs> Sorry. I was again, you, you and words again, strike again. Home run. All right. So I think that this is a way for someone who's very resistant to a boundary. I think it's an argument that's very hard to resist against to say, I want a strong connection with you. Totally. And I, I need this thing not done, or I need this thing done, whatever it is, mm-hmm. because I want to make sure we have the best connection possible. Mm-hmm. And I want you to be in my life. I have to say these real talks that we're doing have been the scariest for me thus far why they're they're the most trading comfort it's scary on me they're the most trading comfort for growths i i think a lot of times listening back to some of these things and what you've said it's like i told myself i was gonna do that and i didn't or i failed at it or i struggled at it or i didn't i wanted a goal of 50 percent better and it was only 20 yeah but i would i would argue against pass fail grading here Okay. So I don't think it's, I failed or I passed. I think it's, I'm on the road of becoming better as a communicator because I don't think it's simple to become a better communicator overnight. Mm -hmm. I think it's about continuing to find ways to strive forward. And I don't think boundaries is an easy topic either. Yeah, no, it's a a heavy one. I think. I think that's exactly why we wanted to do these real talks was Mm -hmm. because we're not going to just do one episode on something and have mastered it. And that's the point right. of this podcast is to actually learn and grow and better relationships and better communication. And mm-hmm. that's why we want to take these chances to look back at the information and really see like how are we applying this to our life? And yeah. I encourage everyone to do that because I think this is a huge topic and it is so practical because everyone has lots of relationships where you need boundaries or there mm-hmm. are boundaries, even if they're not spoken and you're mm-hmm. crossing someone's boundaries mm-hmm. and you don't know it or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. This is the real shit, man. Let's get to it. Yeah. When we played the clip, I was thinking through your situation that you were talking about, Meredith, which is about talking about that third person negatively, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, okay, so what's the why? Why would that person be doing that? And that would be to vent or to complain or to... Uh, Um, say something negative because they want to be negative towards that person, whatever. And one of the things that's related to all of this is the, the idea of role confusion. 
So sometimes when I put up a boundary, it's because somebody has confused me for being their friend or their counselor or their whatever. And it's kind of related to what you said, Taylor. It's like, have you told someone else about this? Because I'm not the audience for this kind of talk. Mm. Okay. And so there's some role confusion because I'm not actually your counselor. I'm actually your friend or whatever I am in that role. Sometimes we can have role confusion and it causes problems in the boundary system. And so we create the boundaries to clarify the role. I think that's a big one, especially with parents and children. Well, I definitely wish I would have at it as a younger person had known about boundaries as parents divorced Mm -hmm. because kids get put into weird roles that are not their roles through that turbulent time. Mm -hmm. Role confusion, I think, can be really important in this conversation. So I think in the parenting area, I think there can be some role confusion. I remember years ago, our oldest son, when he was small, he, he disagreed with me about something and he said, I'm not going to be your friend. And I said, that's okay. Cause we're not friends anyway. <laughs> Damn. And he was like, what the heck? He was like, that's what does that mean? And I said, I'm your mother. I'm not your friend. We're friendly. <laughs> he doesn't want me to be just his friend. Yeah. I, I need to do mother advocacy things. I need to fight for him with yeah. the with the teacher or with the, you know, something happens with the friend group or he has later in life finances or whatever. He doesn't want me to be his friend. I mean, we're friendly and that's great, but he threatened that we weren't going to be friends. And I said, it's fine because we're not friends anyways. (laughs) So clarifying your role, I think is part of this conversation for sure. Mm -hmm. And understanding and really thinking through what it is you need and then directing it to the person who is in the right role to do Mm -hmm. that. Hmm. And maybe boundarying the people that are in the wrong role to do that. Hmm. Ugh, that's good. I'm grateful for real talk with you guys. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, me too. I would say as a parent of older children, so I have children in their 20s, all different spectrums of the 20s. Now, what a lot of our parenting is, is coaching. Hmm. But we coach when we're asked to coach because we're not financially tied to everybody, you know, in the same way we might've been when we were providing, you know, their food and electricity and all these things. Mm-hmm. And that creates a boundary life and to understand that they might have other ways they want to solve their problems that aren't including me. Mm. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we're not close. It just means that they're going to be making those choices but that's the way that I teach boundaries to our kids is to show the respect to the other direction. Hmm. So I won't give advice unless they say, what do you think I should do? That's hmm. a good thing. Even though it's very easy to jump in and say, you know what you should do, but I don't do it. <laughs> a lot of times they'll call up and say, I have this situation. I'm trying to figure out how to do X, Y, or Z, or you know, I need help with something. And they're asking for it like right up front. But there are other times where they are stating what they need, or they are mentioning a problem that is not mine to solve. I have to understand my parental role changes over the life cycle, right? So you guys are in the heavy trenches of physical service, changing Mm -hmm. diapers and clothes. And I hope you can hear the background. My physical service might be needed. (laughs) (laughs) So you're in that stage, but over time you do change what role you're in. And I think that's something that I would also add to this conversation for people who are in my age group. I would say you need to be flexible as a communicator 
through the life cycle and to suggest that you would parent the same way to a young child that you would to an adult child is missing a lot of time. You really missed a lot of the story if you think that there's the same parenting there. Yeah. I thought of you, Leo, as playing upstairs by himself. And I always hear you kind of saying like, you know, when they do well with the freedom that they have, then we give them more. Yeah. And then if they've, you know, messed up somehow. So I'm like, oh, he's playing so well by himself. I don't need to check on him 10 times. Yep. And then if I find him, as I have, where he's pulled all the tape out of a cassette, I'm like, all right, that was too much freedom. You can't play with the cassette <laughs> tapes anymore. Yeah. And I got to I mean, bring that in. And and I would just put it this way. I'm sure we've talked about it somewhere. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but um, how it was put to me when I was learning that concept was I don't need to control them when they're showing self-control. Hmm. Yeah. So when you have self-control, I don't need to try to control you. So when I ask you to be home on time and you're in high school and you're a young driver and you do everything we said, there's nothing to talk about. But if you go out and you do some wild things that we didn't agree upon, then you're showing me you didn't stop yourself mm-hmm. from doing those things. And so now I have to control you, which I don't want to do, but yeah. you have made me do that. I have felt that as a younger person and I get that now what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's later parenting, but it starts, yeah. it starts sooner than you'd think. Yeah. I, I mean, you're already, like they're already there. Yeah. Yeah. Three, you're already yeah. there. I mean, the, just what happens is the consequences are higher. So now this person's driving and it's 11, yeah. Yeah. you know, or whatever. And it's like, okay, well that you could actually get hurt or be lost mm. or, you know, there's all these other things that could happen, but uh, you don't start off with those big consequences most of the time. Right. Gosh, boundaries are just in everything. They're literally entrenched in everything. We brought up things today that I didn't know would include boundaries, and they did. And a way that I didn't realize I wrestle with them, or I'm not clear, I don't know mine. And mm-hmm. it's just really fascinating. One of the themes we keep talking about, besides practicing, which is huge, mm-hmm. is having some introspective time with yourself, thinking about what your roles are. And what roles you want to be in. Hmm. Because there's some roles you get stuck in in life and you're like, I am not this. And you keep making me be this person. And I don't want to be your counselor or I don't want to be your chauffeur or whatever. And, And just kind of spending the time analyzing what you need. And then there's some things you might say, you know what? It doesn't matter. I don't actually mind being the chauffeur or I don't mind being the whatever, fill in the blank. But just thinking through some of that introspectively and really getting with yourself about it. Out of that introspection, then you understand what roles you wish to keep and then the boundaries that you wish to have. Man, I love boundaries. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Please remember to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello at afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk.